Hello and welcome to the podcast for The Lancet Infectious Diseases. Editor John McConnell and myself, Richard Lane, discussing highlights from the May issue. John, let's start with, I think, a fairly not particularly well-known tropical disease, chikungunya. Have I pronounced that correctly? You have, Richard. Yes, chikungunya is the, the name of both the disease and the, the virus that causes the disease. And it actually means to, to walk bent over. And that's because this viral infection, which is transmitted by mosquitoes, causes um, severe joint pain and therefore causes people to, to walk in a bent over fashion. And it also causes a fever and a skin rash. And what's particularly interesting at the moment, uh, and the reason why we've had this topic reviewed, is that there's been extensive outbreak going on in the Indian Ocean region for the last year, year and a half. So, for example, on the island of Reunion in the Indian Ocean, where the, the authors of this review come from, they've had 266,000 cases amongst the uh, population there, and the po- population is only about 750,000. And uh, there's also been an extensive outbreak in India where uh, something like a million and a half cases have been reported. And it's widely believed that actually there's been considerable underreporting of chikungunya in India and that it's also been confused with a disease which has similar sort of symptoms called uh, dengue. And in fact, we also have a letter in the reflection and reaction section of the journal from some Indian authors trying to put a better number on the number of cases of uh, chikungunya that, that there have been in India in the last year or so. What other symptoms are there? And is it fatal? It's, it's very rarely fatal. It's more disabling, takes a long time to recover from, and there are no effective treatments. So in, in effect, you've just got to get better on your own. So I suppose the question here is, do we know why these outbreaks have come back? Because we've known about it for about 50 years, haven't we? We have, and we don't really have a clear idea of um, of why outbreaks occur. One potential explanation is that um, as the population cohort changes then and non-immune people are, are born and grow up and come into the population, then they are liable to be infected. That's one possible explanation. Could potentially be something to do with uh, the spread of mosquitoes which carry the disease. I mean, there could potentially be some effect of global warming here. We really do have no clear answer to, to why this disease occurs sporadically. Moving on, John, you've got a, a review, and this is about the phylogeography of tuberculosis. I'm assuming that the issue here is that obviously tuberculosis is still globally uh, a big killer as we know but in terms of developing vaccines or treatment we need to know a lot more about the specific strains of TB that exist in different parts of the world. There's long been some features of TB and the way that it's uh, the vaccine against it and the way that it's treated which are a little difficult to explain so for example the BCG vaccine which is the the only vaccine we really have at the moment against TB appears to work in Western Europe certainly seems to be pretty effective in the United Kingdom doesn't seem to work in India. Now, there are various explanations as to one, uh, why this might be, but one explanation which this particular review brings up is that the organism, Mycobacterium tuberculosis, that causes TB is genetically subtly different in different parts of the world. So we have what they call the phylogeographic variation. This is really part of a bigger strand of research which has become quite popular and commonplace in the last few years. Now that we're able to look in great detail at the genomes of organisms, we realise that if we start typing different strains, we realise that it's actually quite difficult to define what exactly is a species. A species no longer seems to be a single entity. So if you type dozens of different strains of mycobacterium tuberculosis, then you realise that a species is more sort of a cloud of related features than a single specific uh, identifiable feature. So strain variation in MTB 
could mean that we have to develop vaccines which are capable of preventing infection with these various strains, or we may need to develop treatments which work across these strains. And it could also mean that uh, new diagnostic tests may work in some parts of the world, but not in others because of the genetic variation found in the organism in different parts of the world. Thanks, John. So in terms of what this review is really saying, is it a slightly depressing message in, in that TB, which we still know to be a major killer worldwide, is a very essentially a complicated disease with a complicated origin and we need to know a lot more about it before we can start preventing it or treating it. No, I don't think there's any reason for, for depression over these results. It, it does offer an, an explanation for the various observations that have been made in the field of TB treatment and prevention. And in fact, TB is a, a less genetically diverse organism than many others which cause infectious diseases. For example, it, it doesn't take on board floating genetic elements from other species. It does mean that it's actually clonally quite, quite a tight organism. I don't think this is a, a cause for pessimism at all. It's an opportunity to explore new avenues of research and perhaps more tightly define the vaccines that, uh, we, that we use and the, the treatments that we can give. Thanks, John. And finally, another review. This is about a widely prescribed antibiotic, kefepine. Yes, well, kefepine is um, a member of the class of antibiotics called the cephalosporins. It's been around for a few years. It's widely used because it's active against both gram-positive and gram-negative organisms. So it's used for indications such as febrile neutropenia, pneumonia, bacteremia, urinary tract infections, and abdominal and skin and soft tissue infections. Now, what the authors of this review have done is a meta-analysis where they've looked at the results of randomized trials.